0: everybody and welcome. We're listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO, 69 to a.m in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with Dominic Demeester. So folks, thank you for tuning in this week. We got a show as per usual. There isn't no off season here at the Power Hour. Uh, Dominic, it's excited to do the show and how are you doing? I'm doing amazing, William. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for asking. All right, let's jump into some of the good stuff here at the Power Hour. Uh, A little bit of a quiet week, uh, similar to the last few weeks. Uh, A few things uh, not... not happening that we've been waiting for, right? The Dalvin Cook, the DeAndre Hopkins, but that'll that all stuff should be happening sooner uh rather than later. Let's uh you know we talked a little bit off air about the Colts um and uh you know Anthony Richardson and Gardner Minshew and uh, the fact that you know Gardner Minshew can potentially start over Anthony Richardson. I think that uh ultimately Richardson will get the starting job but when you got a, a backup I should say solid, like Gardner Minshew, and who's been making plays uh, over the over the course of his career, hasn't been consistent enough, unfortunately, for him, but it's still been kind of that fun quarterback to follow. And, uh, you know, he's been, he got the job done a few times getting his team victories. Uh, do you think, like, these reports kind of put a little bit more pressure on Anthony Richardson? Or if you're Richardson, of course, it's not really something you want to hear, right? You think you have a starting job, you want to keep the starting job. Um and uh, and you know when you got a guy like I said like Minshew who is capable of of starting for a few games, uh, what do you think that the mindset is of, uh, of Anthony Richardson here when he, when he's hearing all that, Dominic?
1: Well, you know, a rookie coming into the NFL, they typically you know understand that they're going to have to you know start from square one and move their way up the ladder. So mm-hmm. if I'm Anthony Richardson, I'm focusing on that playbook. I want to know exactly it inside out. And the expectations aren't that you're going to have it down pat in year one. And Garner Minshew is also going to be there, you know, still learning this process because he's fairly new also with the Indianapolis Colts. That being said, you know, whatever happens week one is out of Anthony Richardson's control. He's got a long career ahead of him. And we all know a quarterback, it's all about confidence. So if he can control that, he'll be just fine. I expect Anthony Richardson to actually start week one. I think that he'll be... The guy, but you know, you know, if he can't throw the ball accurately, you shouldn't be playing quarterback. And no knock on Anthony Richardson, but college football and NFL is completely different. And a guy like Gardner Minshew isn't the greatest quarterback, but he's a great game manager. So that being said, I would be surprised if he also started week one, but I'm rooting for Anthony Richardson because I think that this offense will be really deadly once he really gets comfortable in it. But you never know. Gardner Minshew, you know, he's proved a lot of people wrong and some big games. Uh, that he's had. So we'll see where that
0: Yeah, definitely he has. Uh, And it's kind of cool to think about the Colts and and the direction they're heading. And like they've had, right, Peyton Manning for so many years. They had Andrew Luck, and and unfortunately that didn't work out. Uh, They, you know, they had Nick Foles, uh, and, uh, you know, that was is uh, a, a mini disaster as you can say and this team uh, is kind of heading in a different direction you talk about like offenses and having to adjust to the quarterback uh, Anthony Richardson for his for his play set and I guess his play style um, you gotta think that it's going to be a little bit of a different offense and a little bit of different play calls for this team and you know I kind of like that in the NFL when you have um, a team that's been you know set with pocket passes pocket passers or you not know, not necessarily pocket passers even, but just a, a similar style quarterback year in and year out. And then you kind of got to adjust your offense, right? So now with Anthony Richardson coming in, it's it's I assume it's going to be a little bit more of a, of a different offense. And this guy's got a cannon, right? So it's almost like you're able to, to take the top off of defenses. Um, I've always liked that though. I'm curious to see, how offensive play callers adjust their game uh, when you get a completely new quarterback, right? Because when you think about it, Dom, the last time we've seen a guy like Anthony Richardson, um, in terms of athleticism and the way he plays in the NFL, it, it's hard to have a comparison for him. Uh, and then when you think about it with the Colts, the Colts don't, haven't really had a quarterback since I've been watching football that, that plays the game that he does. So uh, it's it's going to be up to the offensive coordinator here to kind of mix and match and be able to get the most out of Richardson's, uh, you know, Richardson's play style. Not that you want to completely abandon what you've done. You want to be able to feed uh, Jonathan Taylor the football. You want to be able to use your set at receivers, uh, but it, you know it's not easy. Offensive coordinators now and the different quarterbacks they get. I think that we forget about that as fans uh with uh you know with quarterback carousels and, and the amount of quarterback switching uh teams left and right so easily now that you know being an offensive coordinator is not easy and you've got to be able to to make sure uh to adapt to the quarterback for sure uh because you know the quarterback obviously is that main guy and you don't want to be calling an offense that doesn't suit your quarterback right 100
1: the thing is that indianapolis brought i would say two gifted coaches one of them was a head coach in shane slychan he used to play or he used to coach in Philadelphia, and the other one is Jim Bob Cutter, who used to be a head coach in Detroit. Now Bob Cutter, as the offensive coordinator, is very creative. So them two together, they're going to try to replicate what Philadelphia did last year. It's that simple. I honestly think that a guy like Anthony Richardson is going to be molded in the same way, probably that as Jalen Hurts. Now they're granted they're completely different quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And when I look at Anthony Richardson, I think of Cam Newton. You know, I think of Cam Newton size six four you know huge player uh but i also think of lamar jackson in terms of his shiftiness he's a very shifty quarterback anthony richardson is and that being said i think together with shane steichen and jim bob cutter these guys are going to be able to put a game plan together that's going to fit exactly Anthony, anthony richardson's style now granted You mentioned it, they're just going to dump the ball to begin with to Jonathan Taylor. This is Jonathan Mm -hmm. Taylor's offense until Anthony Richardson gets comfortable. But at the end of the day, expect a lot of play actions to Michael Pittman and a lot of play actions to Alec Pierce. These are going to be guys that are going to benefit from the bomb, as you mentioned. And I truly believe that this Colts team, because of their defense, is really going to kind of like help that growing curve for Anthony Richardson. Because that defense, led by Shaquille Leonard, is gonna be still very very hard to play against on a weekly basis i expect the indianapolis colts to be in in many football games and the more chances you give anthony richardson to do something special he's definitely gonna have the opportunities to break a few runs to to do a couple bombs here and there that are going to be successful so yeah indianapolis is going to be in many football games because of anthony richardson's skill set it's really up to shane steichen and jim bob cutter to really get a good game plan going that's creative to outwit their
0: opponents a lot of good takes and your comparisons are, are are pretty much spot on uh there and i'm glad you mentioned alec pierce because this guy uh 23 years old uh receiver they're coming out of cincinnati and he's a guy that not a lot of people know but i was really impressed uh watching him over the course of last season And you know it's not many uh not many times where you see um the uh the, the Colts <laughs> being televised just because of their I guess you could say their their lack of uh competitiveness over uh over the the, the course of the last season but no the games I saw him play uh, he was good, good and I think that he could be a really good wide receiver too uh to to Pittman like you talked about and you know this team uh especially in this division right this team can very easily um from the division here. And, uh, and I think it'll be up to, uh, it'll be up to, like you said, offensive coordinators, head coaches to be able to adapt and uh, for the, the play style of their quarterback. Um, We talk about wide receivers uh, and, you know, the wide receivers that I don't want to say fly under the radar, but guys that may not necessarily be the number one for their squad. And Alec Pierce can be that guy, you know, with Michael Pittman, Uh, wide receiver twos are extremely important. And I think that, you know, Oftentimes, as fans, we like to think about the, the guys that are selling the jerseys, the guys that are breaking the records, the guys that are, you know, breaking out 50, 60 bombs uh, every game. But it's really easy to forget about the guys that are able to march down the field, uh, you know, move the sticks. And a guy like Adam Thielen, for example, you know you know that I've been high, high on him. And I think Minnesota made a mistake letting him go. And uh, a few reports that we've been reading is that we can see Adam Thielen potentially be the number one one wide receiver for this Carolina panthers team and honestly for me i like that like you want to get a veteran guy uh, a guy that's you know not a diva never had any problems a guy that's a baller nonetheless too um and we talk about moving the chains and he's a guy that can do that and the safest receiver on this team in terms of hands and where you want to go to on third and short third and medium when your team needs to make a play for me it's stealing so i think that if i'm uh <clears throat> in this season and i'm bryce young he, he's the main guy I'm looking for. I, you know you got other receivers and you got other ballers across the field for sure um, in Carolina. But we, you know with Marshall, Terius Marshall Jr., a guy that we haven't seen live up to the hype just yet, he's got a ton of potential. But we know what Adam Thielen can do. Adam Thielen has proved himself in the NFL, I think we're going to uh, we're going to see that a little bit more this year with him potentially being the wide receiver one. What do you make about that? I'm I'm happy uh, with that report, and I think that uh, you know the. That'll be the best thing for this offense if we see a little bit more of adam Thielen him being targeted maybe 9 10 even 11 times a game for this panthers offense keep things simple trust your veterans and i feel a guy that uh you know that's proved that he could be uh he can be the number one for this panthers team
1: oh i agree with you william i think that adam thielen has been around the block with the minnesota vikings he's seen it all and if bryce young has any chemistry with him he should be the first one that his eyes go to because you want to have a veteran that's going to obviously enable that confidence as a quarterback. Now, yeah, you could have a chemistry with either Terrace Marshall Jr. or DJ Chark or even rookie Jonathan Mingo. Expect Mingo to actually be really heavily involved in this offense as well. They draft yeah. uh, pretty high, and uh, I expect also Mingo to do very well. But to get back to Thielen, I think that Thielen is the guy to really carry this offense. I, I think Miles Sanders is a decent running back, but he hasn't really proved that he can put a team on his shoulder. I think that Adam Thielen, on the other hand, with the Minnesota Vikings, he's carried that team a couple of years uh, on his shoulders. If you go look at his stats or some years, that he's just outstanding. So I think he still has some years left in him, and Bryce Young better find him uh, often if they're to have a really successful season in Carolina because they're definitely going to need him.
0: Oh, yeah, they will for sure. Uh, and, you know, we talked about the successful seasons that, that Thielen has had, uh, and he's been good for this, uh, for this Vikings squad. Um, you know, let's speaking of the Vikings, let's uh, go a little bit in the in the NFC North with a few minutes left uh, before our first break. It was actually really cool I, I was watching uh, NFL live and um they're talking about teams that are flying under the radar and you know teams that may not necessarily be getting the respect they deserve and uh Hawkins former wide receiver for the Bengals and the Browns speeched her I actually really liked this take he was uh, I was impressed with him and he really his football knowledge is through the roof and I was listening to uh, to a bit of the show and he talked about uh a team that he thinks that uh you know people aren't taking it seriously that'll make the playoffs he's actually high on this Green Bay Packers team. Um, and you know what? I was listening to him, and the the more he talked, the more what he said made sense. And he was saying, look, right now the Packers, Dom, they don't have to deal with the shenanigans of Aaron Rodgers and you know the distraction and off the field. And ultimately it's gonna come down to you know, Jordan Love, of course. And you know, distraction or distraction. If Jordan Love, uh, you know, he could not be a distraction, but if he's not a great quarterback, then you know the him being a, a good leader. I don't want to see it he becomes irrelevant there, but he's got to be able to, you know, put, put up some stats and put some touchdowns. And uh, for me, I think that we haven't seen enough out of love yet. Um, And, yeah, so just the more he talked, the more it made sense. And he was saying, look, this team still has a very good defense. You still have a good running back. Uh, in terms of wide receivers, look, it's it's not one of the stronger cores in the NFL. Um, and, but you, we talk about teams that don't have pressure on them. And for me, like the Packers, completely opposite to last season. This team doesn't really have much pressure on them them uh you know obviously it's green bay uh it's wisconsin you have the the cheese heads and all those fans on the lambo field and you're expected to make a super bowl run year in and year out but i'm not sure that's the case this year for the green bay packers and as weird as it sounds that may be able to help them just because you know with a young quarterback and, and basically a rookie quarterback in jordan love you want to be okay with you know making mistakes losing a few games uh that you should and then you know building off of that learning off of that but yeah uh, I, I would be surprised if the team makes the playoffs. I I would, but I do think that the, the departure of Aaron Rodgers is kind of like a, a weight lifted off this team's shoulders and okay, no more distractions. Let's go out there. Let's play football. Let's play the game. We love. Um, and Green Bay is definitely not getting any love, uh, I guess pun intended there in the off season. So this team is, is, you know, I, I don't think that, uh, they'll, they'll make the playoffs, but I can see them surprising a few teams. Um, and uh, you know the NFC North is with the with the departure of a few superstars, uh, maybe a little bit uh, a little bit more up for grabs than we realize. But yeah, Green Bay, Dom, what do you what do you make of that?
1: I don't buy it. I think that <laughs> only no, I'm sorry, I really don't. I don't. I only see Green Bay being successful if Aaron Jones happens to run for over a thousand three hundred or thousand five hundred yards. Yeah. This team's going to have to run the ball down the the opponent's throat. They don't have the defense in my opinion to support that type of play calling they're going to try to get christian watson and romeo dobbs involved in this offense uh with uh you know jordan love i just don't see it happening i just don't see it clicking i think romeo dobbs is not going to be able to have as much success that he had early on last season and i think that christian watson will catch a few bombs but not enough to keep this team afloat expect uh, jordan love to have maybe another shot at it next year but I honestly think that the Packers will be drafting a quarterback in next year's draft.
0: Uh, I wouldn't even be that surprised too. too. And I think that um, I'm not like this team uh, with, with, I think are losing Robert Tynan as well. Um, I'm not sure they've done what it takes to, to necessarily build success around Jordan Love. He's going to have to make plays, you know, coming out of Utah state. I'm excited though, because he was a very fun player and uh, you know, this team drafted up, uh, I should say traded up in the draft in order to get him. So obviously they saw potential. They saw something they really liked for him. And I'm just happy for this organization and for love specifically that they could move on now, focus on, on, uh, you know, winning games, not distraction. But yes, Aaron Jones is going to have to prove that he's one of the better running backs in the NFL and uh, he's going to have to catch balls out of the backfield and, uh, and be able to, to run a few guys over if this team wants to be competitive. So we talked a little bit about the NFC North, uh, the quarterbacks and you know under under pressure this year and the detroit lions um similarly on the, on the same show I was watching in the NFL live and a little bit of uh, a first take this year. Uh, we're talking, uh, or Stephen A was talking a little bit about teams under the most pressure heading into the season. And the first team he brought up was the Detroit lions. And I know we've been talking about the lions uh, a little bit on this show, uh, a little bit more than other teams, but I think that, you know, rightfully so, because we finally want to see this Lions team get over the hump. And he was saying like, this team is, it, it really is the year for them to make things happen uh, or you know the put up or shut up is kind of the expression I like to use uh, just because the Lions have been uh competitive for the last few seasons and I feel like it's a very easy team to root for because how non competitive they've been uh just you can say five to, to uh years uh, years ago to to previously um you know they were the the team two with with Megatron uh, that you know they were fun to watch, but unfortunately had the winless season. So with Detroit now, I think I I liked it. I talked about teams under, under the most pressure for me, and we did the the take a few months back. Uh, I was saying the Chargers because I think that you know right now with the addition of uh of the the Spitzer wide receiver uh Johnson there, they could uh they could kind of make some noise in that division. But yeah, the Lions they're under the most pressure, right, Dominic it's kind of like a broken record. Let's see what we get out of Jared Goff. Uh, uh, can they make things happen is, let me just, let me talk like this way regardless of the roster and just jared we about jared goff himself do you think jared goff is good enough to make a a super bowl run uh, at this point in his career and surprise a few people mm-hmm. let alone forget about his roster forget about this talking about jared goff specifically do you think that he could play mistake free football put the team on his back and uh regardless of the team he's on him himself is he capable of leading a franchise into a super bowl run
1: the easy answer for me is no yeah, with you does, does it mean that it's not going to be able to happen no well, obviously Jared goff is an experienced veteran but i don't see it happening it would have to be all the dominoes would have to fall exactly perfectly for for detroit to make it all the way to the super bowl i mean the nfc we know that there's you know, a, an opportunity this year there's not great quarterbacks that we are confident in to say yeah this, this is a sure shot so that being said i think that jared goff yeah they could but I don't see it happening. This is a very young football team. Dan Campbell would have to like coach out of his mind. I'd be very, very, very impressive that short minute to the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, I think like not only Super Bowl. Uh, this that's uh, where the team is just just is hoping to uh, to make the playoffs and uh, and fighting for that. Um... Funny a playoff birth at, at this point. I uh, talk about favorites in the division, I think you can make a case that um, everyone but the Packers are are could be the the favorites heading in this division. That's so so weird to say. Uh, it's kind of like the uh the Patriots you know, for so many years they were favorites in the division, they were winning the AFC East and uh, and now they are, they'll no longer be uh the favorite and you just kind of uh, kind of something weird to see. And I talk I'm in Washington Brown you talk about uh guys that have a chip on their shoulder and he was in an interview this uh this week in uh, the 16 wide receivers that were picked before him in the draft and he said you know what it's it's something that he's not going to forget and a lot of these players which I like is they have a chip on their shoulder and they they use this right they use where they were drafted in the draft uh and uh use it to, to kind of you know prove not only themselves but prove that the teams that passed up on them wrong and I think with a guy like St. Brown is he's a guy you know a small gun a shifty gun he's probably been doubted uh for the majority of his career just because of his uh, size and his height but he's been proving to to be one of the more up and coming wide receivers in the NFL. I think that with this uh, this, this statement saying, he's not going to forget who was picked in front of him. We can see an even bigger year out of him and just be with the uh, the amount of passion that he plays with.
1: I love St. Brown. I love a guy that can come in, in an NFL season in his rookie year and say, I'm here to take people's jobs. That, to me, is a confident individual. And confidence usually breeds success. So 100%, this kid, since day one, He's been literally the Lions offense. And yeah, he took people's jobs. He's basically the number one wide right receiver right now for the Detroit Lions. I think in a couple of years there will be you know Jamison Williams. I think this guy's gonna be phenomenal. I just don't know when that's gonna happen and how quick the transition is gonna be, uh, patching the torch to him. But right now, St. Brown is the guy for those lines. And they'll need him big time, even in this division. Even even though it's wide open, and I expect Detroit to to make the playoffs for sure. You still got to produce, and St. Brown has produced, so I don't see that changing at all. And he will be a big key to Detroit's success this year.
0: Yeah, he's gonna be. You said it very well. Like, just the offense has been him, and uh, of course, you know, with Swift gone now, it's gonna be uh, probably a little bit more on his shoulders, and uh, you know, other guys to to step it up and you know make a name for themselves. Um, for uh, for this uh, this line squad, Uh, I kind of like the idea of pressure, Uh, and you know, pressure which teams, players, coaches under pressure. Uh, for me, I think of a guy that uh, has been. Uh, up and uh, not up and down he's had a very solid career in the NFL unfortunately hasn't had the ability to stay healthy and let's tighten Darren Waller and him and his fit with the New York Giants I, I love the addition for New York they needed to get Daniel Jones some more targets bigger targets and you know Darren Waller can be that guy uh, he has the potential to be the best wide receiver in the NFL I know it sounds crazy with Travis Kelsey there uh, but when he's at his peak and at his game, he's a baller. But I, I think what the the one thing that's missing for Waller, as being you know maybe the, the one or two or even third best uh, tight end in the NFL is consistency. Um, and, you know, like I said, a lot of that has to do with injury concerns. And unfortunately, uh, it's it's a sad part of the game and he can't control that. But when he's on the field to make a big, big and to make his presence felt every single game, because a lot of games, like, wow, Darren Wall- Waller made a crazy catch. Uh, you know, he made a big play here on third down and, uh, you know, he, he's feeding and he's feasting. Uh, but I think that we need to feel his presence more in, big, in, in more games like Kelsey. No matter what he's doing, catching the ball or not, you feel Travis Kelsey is there. Same thing with George Kittle. I feel like it's the same thing with Mark Andrews. Um, And now with the lack of weapons on this offense for the New York Giants at the, you know, wide receiver slash tight end core, I think Waller is under a big amount of pressure. And I want to see him, you know, salivate at this opportunity to be that guy for New York because he's good enough to to do that. and uh, what do you think about uh, Waller and his fit with the New York Giants do you think it's going to take time uh do you do you agree with me that you know we're talking about pressure and situation that he's under pressure um and uh would you say that maybe for a guy that's first year in the offense that you know Dion Jones may not even look to him all that much he'll trust the guys that uh, he's already uh, built a connection with and then maybe hit Waller a little bit more in that red zone for that for that big target and uh, that big frame of his
1: well I love Brian Dable and I love his coaching style so he's slowly but surely adding the pieces to make this offense take off. And Darren Waller, it's a huge mistake for Vegas to have to let, him, to let him go. And I think the only reason why that happened is probably because Devontae Adams wanted to get more involved in that offense. It's the only explanation. Otherwise, it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense that Darren Waller, a guy who literally had, I think, like three back-to-back monster seasons. I don't understand how they let that go. Okay. So now he's in with the Giants, but the Giants still don't have an offense that I think is Brian Dable's, you know, finished product. And I don't know if the Giants are actually going to have a better year than they had last year, even with adding Darren Waller to this offense. And the reason why I say this is that I don't believe Daniel Jones can produce the type of offense that Brian Dable wants. And I think he got really lucky last year running a lot like josh allen and that was the key to kind of like the giant success they won a lot of close games but i yeah. just don't see that happening this year daniel jones is not a great quarterback so how many times is he going to be able to add well they added um paris campbell paris campbell to this offense you know mm-hmm. as much as i like paris campbell and i think that he if he fits the type of play that brian Dable wants to do which is a west coast offense i truly think that Brian Dable wants to create a West Coast offense for the New York Giants. That's why they're even thinking about not signing Saquon Barkley. They have a vision, and currently it involves Darren Waller and involves Paris Campbell. But I don't know if it's going to be able to be executed with Daniel Jones as the QB. I'll have to see it. I don't don't believe in it right now. I didn't believe in it last year. Then suddenly uh, Daniel Jones made it to the playoffs. With his legs. Let's be honest. He made it there with his legs. So let's see what happens. But I do believe that Darren Waller will be a huge security blanket for Daniel Jones, specifically in the red zone. When you got a guy that big, that talented, he will get some touchdowns. But I think Daniel Jones is gonna have a lot of interceptions this year if he tries to go all out passing Brian Dable.
0: Well, I that's and that's the thing too, where You don't want to you, you love your shiny new toy in Darren Waller, but you don't want to be forcing him to ball as well you know oftentimes it could be oh i finally have a guy that's a you know that's a game breaker and, and a guy that can you know put the team on his back and, and try to win the game by himself but you don't want to have to force him the ball and it's it, to me it's crazy just the saquon everything that's happening there in new york is his his Ill- inability to get a new contract and them seeing eye to eye it just really shows the the lack of uh of, you know, I guess you could say value appreciation for running backs, um, and you know, a lot of these guys want to get paid a lot and probably a little bit more than they should be. Um, but you, that's the thing is, we, we've seen offenses, not just the Giants, uh, go in. You know, pass, pass heavy uh, offenses. You look at the Kansas City Chiefs. It's, to me, it's incredible. It's like it'll be third and one, and you you almost expect them to pass the football because of that's That's just their bread and butter, and they love doing that. Um, And you know, with New York and specifically Saquon, he has not seen eye to eye with uh, the management there. And unfortunately, a deal has not been done. And it's crazy, I think Dominic, but we may very well see Saquon uh, out of a New York Giants uniform when when this is all said and done, Uh, but you know, if I'm the Giants, I'm doing everything I can to keep Saquon a great teammate he seems to be a guy that's that's positive in the locker room um and just an absolute freak of nature just in terms of what he could do with the football in his hands but you know you got to give this guy time and you got to let him kind of be like that Derek Henry get two three yards two three yards and then he's going to break a few of them loose but no he's too shifty to be undervalued by the New York Giants like he has been so far this offseason
1: oh I agree I think that Saquon had a huge injury early in his career. And obviously, the Giants organizations know that. And last year, he had a great year. So, to me, I think he's recovered from that knee injury. However, you know, it's all about durability in the NFL and, you know, cost benefit. You know, is this guy going to go down next year or the year after that? How much money does he want? And where do we want to put our our money, Uh, the Giants? So, I think the Giants want to create a a strong defense and you see it slowly materializing I think the Giants will have a a very good defense this year but I still think that uh they got it wrong right now with Daniel Jones and unfortunately a guy like Saquon Barkley might be the casualty maybe next year if he doesn't sign maybe this year right so we'll see but whoever's putting faith in Daniel Jones whether it's Brian Dable which I doubt I think it's like upper management. They really want to see what Daniels Daniel Jones can do. And I truly think that this year the Giants will regress and they might not even make the playoffs.
0: You know, it's funny, like we talked about the Giants and, and the run that they made. If, if I was a betting man, I, I think I would agree with you. I don't I I, I think that and never like calling a season a fluke, but you talk about, you know, things coming together and at the right time, at the right place and being clutch. And that's what the New York Giants were last year. They were a clutch team. They were able to close teams out. And they had a heck of a playoff game against the Minnesota Vikings where they won. Uh, and they won fairly convincingly in that one. But, yeah, I'm just i I'm not sure if we can see the same back-to-back type of season that we just did out of New York and out of Daniel Jones. Um, Because look, like this, at the end of the day, this is a historic franchise, the New York Giants. They've won the Super Bowls. They've won crazy Super Bowls. They've beaten the Patriots, with uh, and the Patriots were the heavy, heavy favorites and undefeated. Uh, Because this, you know, this New York Giants team, unfortunately, the last few seasons hasn't been, you know, that, uh, let's, you know, make like play up to standards, right? Let's be the New York Giants team of old and let's be the team that you know everyone loves to rally around and and you know one of the major teams not the major team in New York. Um you know we're talking about the team just making the playoffs at this point, And I, I'm I'm not sure they can get it done. I, I, I have to agree with you on there Dominic Dominic. Uh the division's good, right? Especially when you got Dallas, uh you got uh Philadelphia to Washington. For me that's gonna be the team that's that's gonna be feeding at the bottom of the division. But yeah for the New York Giants to make the playoffs I think just that alone uh, and Excel would be would be a success because uh, I think that I could see this team struggling early on. They're gonna. I the mistake they can make is. Look at last year and say, "Look, we were able to make the playoffs. We won a lot of close games. Playing last year and even winning against Minnesota in the division, they still have stuff to clean up. So they cannot be content with what they had last year. Uh, they need to see what they did last year, improve, and make uh, on uh, on making their team better overall and just feeding the ball to Saquon because this is a team that has the potential to be good. But you could also see this team finishing like with three and four wins. As crazy as that sounds, Dominic, I'm
1: not sure about three or four wins. I think." They're going to win a lot of games and they're going to lose a lot of games. And unfortunately, they're going to be on the bubble and they're just going to fall out of the bubble. Jalen Hyatt is going to be fun to watch. He's going to have some pretty fun football games where he's going to catch a few touchdowns, uh, which will help the Giants win. And another guy that I like at this offense is Wendell Robinson, slot receiver. Uh, Again, offensively, they've they've added so many building blocks to have an explosive offense, but I just don't see Daniel Jones pulling the trigger uh, and being able to not throw as many interceptions as he will. I think that he will be the guy that will be the downfall for the New York Giants this season.
0: Let's let's see with that, uh, that topic there, Dom, is there many, a young quarterback, a guy similar to Daniel Jones uh, that, uh, you know, you could feel that uh, may need to, I guess I can say benefit from the pieces around him. And it's not necessarily that quarterback that's going to put the team on his back in rally. Maybe a guy uh, that needs to step it up this year, a guy that needs to make plays and a guy that needs to show he is the man for, for his offense and that he's able to ball out regardless of the weapons he has. There's a lot of young quarterbacks. Now there's a few guys uh, that have bounced around from team to team. Um, and uh, haven't been necessarily that uh, that star that Francis has been hoping for. Who, who would you say is a, a fair comparison to to Daniel Jones in that you know a guy that you kind of need playmakers around him? Uh, although Daniel Jones was able to to get a team in the playoffs with virtually nobody, I don't say anybody on the offense that's rude, but uh, you know with uh, with guy like Saquon and and uh, stepping it up there they're glad you see a similar situation to to Daniel Jones heading into this uh, into this uh, regular season?
1: Oh, I got a good one. I think that uh, a lot of people out there listening are going to be what really this guy, Kyle Trask from the Tampa Bay mm. Buccaneers, very similar football player, tall, six foot five, big quarterback, surrounded by talent, really yeah. surrounded by talent. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, you know these are solid receivers. I think that Rashad White, as a running back, will have a decent season this year because the offensive line is actually getting stronger. They added Cody Mock, which is this really gritty right guard that's going to fit in like a glove with Ryan Jansen. Both those guys are going to open holes for Rashad White to run. Now, Cal Trask, if he can manage very well this football team, which I expect he will, I think that Kaltrask Trask will be maybe the Daniel Jones of last year. He won't obviously be running as Daniel Jones was. He'll be definitely, in my opinion, first of all, taking the job away from Baker Mayfield. That's going to be huge. That's going to be headlines. But after that, once the the storm has settled, he's going to find chemistry with either Godwin or Mike Evans, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be fighting to the very better end to win that division. That's the guy to watch out. Look for Kyle Trask to win the QB competition that's going to happen in training camp and from there he's going to slowly but surely develop his play skills the way that i see this happening is clearly the fact that Kaltrask has mastered he's got he's been with there three years he's got obviously the playbook down pat all a lot better than baker mayfield will have that will be the advantage that will put him over the top in my opinion so expect some cool things out of tampa bay with Kaltrask.
0: Yeah, we can't forget this team is still stacked, right? They still have a great wide receiving core. They still have a heck of a defense. Uh, the defense uh, making it known during the week that, you know, they they believe they're still the best team in the NFL. And, of course, he was like a, a guy like uh, Tom Brady uh, to retirement, it's – Crap, where do we go from here? Like, that kind of leaves this team in a very tough situation. Kyle Trask, can't forget about Baker Mayfield. I think that's going to be one of the more fun matchups to watch Don We talk about, like, training camp and battles, the quarterback position, tight end, anywhere. But quarterback battles are always the most exciting to see. And I think, yes, Trask and, and Mayfield, that's going to have a good uh, potential uh potential battle to the very end to see who gets the starting job there. Who do you think you give the 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 slight edge to for me? For me right now, I kind of like Baker Mayfield here. I want to see finally what you have in him. You know, he's been bouncing around. He's been stuck uh, from team to team, roster to roster, and has shown shown signs uh, as to why he was picked where he was in the NFL draft. But unfortunately, it hasn't been consistent. He's made some very dumb errors and, you know, some making some head-scratching throws. Um has has Baker Mayfield, but for me, I think I'm gonna give the the edge to Baker Mayfield. I think he's gonna start the season, and I think we could see a, a bit more similar to the Green Bay Packers, a team that we're, we're kind of letting fly under the radar. But I think we could see we may see a little bit more uh, than we thought we than we thought we'd see out of this Bucks team because they're so well coached. Uh, they still have a, a good offensive offensive weapons, defense, decent offensive line, and uh, defensively, this team is good as long as they're able to keep their pieces together. So who knows? You could watch, maybe watch out for Tampa Bay
1: maybe that division is wide open i just don't think baker mefield at this point in his career we've seen what baker can do is his struggle unfortunately is his inability to see downfield because of his size i think the offensive line he's got a lot of problems looking over and really not throwing not throwing that bad you know ball so at the end of the day we'll see where he ends up i think that we've seen enough Baker Mayfield, at very best, will be either starting week one, but by like week four, week five, he won't even be there anymore. He'll be Kaltrask at very worst.
0: Wow. Okay. I like that bold stuff there, dominant I like Kalatrosk. I like them at Florida. I like, you know, I like his frame. I like the zip he has in the football. Uh, I think that, you know, it, it is about time that this guy gets his opportunity to uh, to make some plays there. Uh, a team that we be battling uh, the Bucks for most of the season are the New Orleans Saints. And New Orleans, Manny, talk about a team that is is hard to figure out right now. I, I'll possibly, like, you tell me, Dom. Who are the New Orleans teams? What are they going to do? What are their play calls going to be like? Is Michael Thomas going to play? Uh, Alvin Kamara with his off-the-field issues—is uh, he going to get that sorted out? How? Like, what? The, what season is—is James uh, is Winston going to have? For me, you talk about New Orleans, and it's like this team can head in so many different directions, and I can see the season shaping up in so many different ways just because of the. I don't know the lack of time Michael Thomas has played on the football field. Jameis Winston being Jameis Winston. Um, I don't know. Like this, we talk about a puzzling team heading into the season, just a a team that we may not know who their identity is and if they even have an identity. Uh, One of those teams for me is the New Orleans Saints. That's for sure.
1: 100%, William. I don't know who exactly are we going to get at QB, a good Derek Carr or a bad Derek Carr. And from years past that I've seen, I'm not a Derek Carr fan. It's that simple. So if he could avoid making mistakes and someone else somehow gets involved in this offense. And I'm looking at the running back position in Keandre Miller, to me, if Alvin Kamara ends up being suspended for, I'm going to say six games, someone at the running back position needs to step it up. It's either going to be Keandre Miller or Jamal Williams. So I like my rookie running backs getting a kind of like a, a new shot, a new opportunity right off the bat. They seem to produce really well. Uh, That's why the market's so horrible. Everybody gets these rookie running backs. So this would be an area (laughs) to look at is the New Orleans Saints and Condre Miller. Hopefully that guy helps this offense because the more Derek Carr makes mistakes and he's going to make some mistakes, the more the Saints are going to be in trouble. So who is the guy on offense? Maybe a revival of Michael Thomas. Somehow he's back, but I think Michael Thomas... Is gonna fall into the line of um, a great wide receiver that used to play for the Cincinnati Bengals. Why is his name not coming up to me? Uh, He played with Arizona. William,
0: Uh, who is that? So the running back, wide receiver, wide receiver from uh, the Cardinals,
1: and then Uh, he played with the Bengals. Why is his name not coming up?
0: uh, AJ Green,
1: AJ Green, Bengals, AJ Green, Michael Thomas might fall into the michael thomas fiasco of becoming aj green so we'll see how that turns up he is the new benchmark in my personal opinion when i when i measure wide receivers late in their career yeah aj green was a phenomenal almost like hall of famer and then he was awesome boom he disappeared where did all the talent go so I think Michael Thomas might fall into that trap. And if that happens, then they have only Chris Olave to go towards. And you put three guys on him. And goodbye, Saints. The season's over. So somebody's got to step it up in that offense. And we'll see how it happens.
0: That's a really good comparison the A.J. Green, one, a guy that's been a bottle. I think a guy that's been underappreciated in the prime of his career with Cincinnati. And, yeah, Michael Thomas, at one point, you can make the case, was the best wide receiver in the NFL. And his fall from grace has been a very, very steep one, unfortunately. So hopefully he's able to pick up where he left off and be that wide receiver that we all know he is and can be. So, Don, we talk about underdogs, teams under pressure. Uh, all that good stuff. Let's talk about fa- the favorites uh, in each division and list our favorites. Uh, maybe give a quick 30 second spiel on why we think each team is a favorite. So we don't have to do that depending on our mood. Uh, but let's, uh, yeah, let's go with uh, who we think. Uh, maybe a quick one liner on why we think each team is favorite. And then we can get into uh, a little bit more detail uh, later on. Uh, let's go, I guess, alphabetically. AFC East. Who's your top dog in the AFC East?
1: My top dog in the AFC East. Is the New York Jets? It's really
0: simple, folks.
1: Aaron Rodgers has arrived, and I expect big things from Aaron Rodgers.
0: Well, I like it, Tom. I I'm going for Buffalo, and until it's a team can show me they can stop this team in the regular season, the Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, and for me, it's just too good of a duo. Uh, they, you know, this the home cut for them has always been a big um a big plus i think they're good at home i'm going with buffalo there but yeah i guess uh i get get what you're saying with new york jets with that addition that's a good one all right let's go afc west i think that will i i'm going kansas city here uh maybe denver can maybe push them a little bit more for the running the Chargers as well but no, i'm going i'm going kansas city here so World Champs.
1: i want to call an upset here but i have to stick with kansas city until they prove me wrong but who will be literally on their heels the entire season, will be the Chargers. But clearly, Kansas City is going to win the division. It's hard not to take KC. I like it. All right, let's go AFC South, Dominic. I'll throw it over to you. I've been talking about my Titans. I don't know how exactly they're going to do it. (laughs) I expect a huge season from Derrick Henry to bounce back. They picked up a big offensive lineman. Tennessee is my team in the South.
0: I like that. I'm gonna go Jacksonville, though. I'm gonna go Jacksonville. I like what they did last season. That playoff push was good. That comeback against the uh, the Chargers was a really good one. And Trevor Lawrence has been taking strides, man. He's been taking some really good strides. Um, and uh, not only that, I like the addition of Calvin Ridley. So I think that uh, I think that's going to uh, going to pay off for them. All right. Last but not least, let's go with the AFC North and the division you're very familiar with.
1: Yeah, I got to go with the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow has done it since day one. And Jamar Chase is a phenom of a player. Hard to go against the Cincinnati
0: Bengals. I'm going to go Cincinnati as well. Uh, a lot of the reasons that you said a team that will be uh, battling for the Super Bowl four years. I assume your second place would be the Baltimore Ravens. Tom, how close do you think Baltimore is to being the favorites in the AFC uh, AFC North? Because I know that uh, you're high on the Ravens as well.
1: Yeah, but I'm very confused as the type of offense they're going to run. And I have to, mm. see, to understand it. Uh, they were supposed to be throwing the ball a lot in Baltimore this year. I just, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to look like. Clearly, we don't, we know that Lamar is not a great passer, so I, I don't know what to expect with the Baltimore Ravens this year.
0: Fair, good take, good take. All right, NFC East. I'm going to go with the Fly Eagles Fly, uh, the defending NFC champions. I uh, I like this team. I like the addition of Swift, and I think they're going to they're going to keep uh, keep feeding off of what they did last season.
1: Oh, I like my Dallas Cowboys this yeah. year. I really do. They're not mine. They're not mine because I'm a huge like naysayer on Dak Prescott. But if this team's ever gonna do it, it has to be this year. And that's why I'm going with Dallas. I love Mike McCarthy. So let's see if he can put
0: it all together and make the Dallas Cowboys champions this year. All right. Good stuff. Bull we'll take. I like it. NFC West. I'll throw it over to you, Dom. You uh you tell me first few things the favorites are. Ooh, this is a tough one. This is a it tough one. It is. Ah, oh, man. I have to
1: stick with the San Francisco 49ers. I yeah. just I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know who's going to be QB, but I mean, wow. They're just gifted on defense. They're just so, so gifted. And I love my defensive football teams. I think defense wins championship, and it's
0: hard not to go with San Francisco. But the that's thing about San Fran it's you you question how they do it, but they do it every year. It seems like they could have – uh, you know, my little cousin playing quarterback for them and they're still going to find ways to win games because ju- that's just how they do it. And I don't know how they do it. But he, I've been doubting them for years and, and I think it's time about time that I stopped doing that. So yeah, give me those 49ers as well. Let's go with the NFC South now. Oof, oh man. Oh, this is tough. I'm going to go with the New Orleans Saints. I think it's going to be the Saints. Derek Look, do I suck miracles out of him? No, but it's a weak division. He may be the more proven quarterback in that division. I'm expecting, uh, not, I not necessarily bait things on Michael Thomas, but I'm expecting him to be a solid wide receiver for them, be that wide receiver one. And uh, when Cal, Alvin Kamara comes back from suspension, if he does, uh, I hope that uh, he's going to be the, the one of the main guys on this offense. And get back to the Alvin Kamara. we love. Uh, we love to see. And uh, that's, uh, yeah, one of the best players in the NFL when he's at his top game
1: i flip flop many times this year on this division this is the hardest one to call i don't have a great answer to give you william but i'm gonna pick somebody i'm gonna go with what i just said earlier in the top of the show the tampa bay buccaneers are gonna somehow this division the only way that i see it happening is young rookie you know bryce young is not ready in year one Obviously, the Saints maybe get a couple injuries to put him down. And the Falcons, I don't know, but the Falcons, I don't even know who's going to be QB week one. And that scares me. So I'm going with the Bucks.
0: Oh, yeah. It's uh it scares me too, Don. That is that's for sure. All right. Last but not least, we got the NFC North. I'm I'm sticking with Minnesota. I'm sticking with Minnesota. I know they have a lot of question marks. I know it's weird. And I know it may be a little contrary to what I said about them losing Adam Thielen. They may be on the way with Dalvin Cook as well. But I, I just don't touch Green Bay. I think it's a little bit premature for the Chicago Bears. And the Detroit Lions... Yeah, I'm not ready to call them the favorites. I want to see more. I want to see more consistency. I'm not buying into all that hype until I see it on the football field. Not on paper, folks. James are not one on paper. That was the case. Well, I'm sure we have a lot uh, a lot of different results than we've been used to seeing in the NFL. So for me, give me the boys in purple. I'd give me the uh, the Minnesota Vikings.
1: Yeah, that's a good pick. I, I just think that it's the Bears' year. I really think that they did mm-hmm. everything right. I really do. And I can't wait to see this combination of D.J. Moore, Chase Claypool, and Darnell Mooney. I think what you have to even throw in Cole Kemet in there. Uh, he's been phenomenal in the past yeah. couple games of the season last year. And I think that carries over. And Justin Fields is getting more
0: confident by the day. This is the team that will win the division, the Chicago Bulls. Well, all righty. I like uh, – like, let's go back. I want to go back to one of the things you did see. You touched up on it a little bit, Dom. But uh, NFC East, you like the Dallas Cowboys, um, and I was wondering if you could uh, elaborate a little bit more on that because I know, like you said, Dak Prescott has shown his struggles this year, and uh, and we talk about a guy who really needs to to put up a great year, and that's him. Um, do you think you know? How do you think this team's going to fare with the the loss of? Uh, you talk about Zeke. You know this team was super high on Zeke, and he was just part of that Cowboys team. Right? Like it's hard to imagine a Cowboys without Zeke. So you don't think the team is going to miss a beat or you think the team is going to be potentially even better uh, with uh, with Otika on the field and that Tony Pollard is at number one. I think it's good that they solidified a number one back. That I will admit. I didn't mind the going back and forth when one guy's tired, so the defense is something else. But late in the season, it was like, okay, but who is actually the starting quarterback? Sorry, starting running back for the squad. And I think that now that we know it's, it's Tony Pollard, he's going to get most of the reps in the training camp. And I think it's going to only help this team. And I like Pollard. So um, is it similar for, you know, guys like Pollard, um, and the wide receiver weapons he had that you picked the Dallas Cowboys or, over the Eagles. Because if we got some Eagles fans listening to the show, Dominic, they're probably a little bit uh, a little bit annoyed with your response.
1: <laughs> I know. But <laughs> it comes down to coaching number one. Mike McCarthy's a good coach. Mm-hmm. He's got a Super Bowl. He's already proven himself. And he's been there for the past couple of years now. And he's, he's analyzed what he has. And he's been adding pieces. And the pieces that he's added haven't even translated yet sort of – sort of speak to the football field and I'm going to look at the right receiver locker room. They are loaded in address. Right. Anybody can drop and you know what? Someone's going to get slotted in and they're going to take over. And that basically means that in my opinion, if the receivers are really talented in Dallas, it just comes down to Dak Prescott to finally deliver. I think he's had a lot of pressure on his shoulders and for a variety of different reasons in the past couple of years, if he's going to have to do it, it has to be this year. I I might have said that a lot last year. Maybe I did. I don't recall. But at the end of the day, this guy, why is he the QB of the Dallas Cowboys if he keeps on failing? I just, I can't see him not succeeding at one point. And with all the depth that the Dallas Cowboys have acquired under Mike McCarthy, it has to be this year. Even though Zeke, you know, I was a huge fan of Zeke, and if I were yeah. have- to... Who, the, who would have left, I would have said, Doc, see you later. But I'm not the head coach of this football team. And I'm not the freaking general manager nor owner. And they clearly have all their faith in Doc Prescott. So as a fan, I have no choice but to give them the confidence and say, Well, everything else around this football team seems to be loaded. So how can you not pick a depth, the depth that they have as a as a team in the in the Dallas yeah. Cup? So I'm going with Dallas this year. I think that. Philadelphia did have an amazing year last year. And I talked about how that offensive line carried that team. And we're going to see it when the Dallas Cowboys play the Eagles. Watch out, Hurts. He's going to get annihilated by that linebacker core. I just think they are truly the best linebacker core in the NFL. That's a big notch to the Dallas Cowboy to say. But trust me, Dallas on defense will be eating a lot of teams this year.
0: Yeah, it's it's hard to argue that, and you know, you think that uh, with like different players and, and everything that's uh, that's going on around the league, uh, you know, different places and you know, new faces, and you you got consistency, you know, with this team, you you kind of know what you're getting, um, and I think that's you know, that's one thing that's that's that benefits the squad, right? Like they've been together for a while, um, and you know, you kind of know the tendencies and uh, and everything. Um, but yeah, no, I I do I do understand where you're going with this one. I believe that we talked about that, and almost every other division we agreed on. Like, yeah, no, we talked about that. Uh, I picked Jacksonville. You picked those Tennessee Titans. You but you you have no uh no dealt with those Tennessee Titans. I think anybody on that core, <laughs> as long as they're wearing a Titans uniform, you believe in them, and I like that. And for me, I have to see why I picked Jacksonville. Uh, this, I think this team is um. How could I say it? A young core that not only are they up and coming, but I think that right now they've kind of hit their groove, and we we—it's a team that has an identity. It's a team that okay, you know they know what they're gonna do. It's a team that where everybody's bought in. And- and i think that even what just the other day where jamal agnew was was saying his high praise for calvin ridley i think that's the kind of vibe around the jacksonville jaguars now is the guys love each other uh you know they're playing for each other they're playing for trevor lawrence and this team has suffered for so 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 many years and obviously you know you know fans are fed up the players are fed up as well um and i think that you know they're gonna play with this this kind of swag energy looseness about themselves that is able that is kind of, like, allows them to to come back and stay in every game, similar to what we saw last year in the the playoffs against the Chargers. You know, they didn't panic. They stayed calm. They stayed cool. They stayed collective. Uh, and I think that's kind of the, the vibe and the aura I get around this Jacksonville team. Uh, and to me, that's, yeah, that's ultimately why I picked Jacksonville. They got ballers on the offensive side. Um, and, and you know, people forget how good Calvin Ridley was. So I think that when we see him and, uh, and Lawrence hooking up, people are going to remember quickly what he was able to do with the Atlanta Falcons.
1: I hope you're right. I really do. I, I would love to see Calvin Ridley really revive his career. I think that he got suspended last year. You know, these things do happen. Uh, but this guy was a really talented wide right receiver in Atlanta. And I just believe that, for me, the way it, I see the season going for Jacksonville is whether or not Trevor Lawrence is going to be able to carry his newfound confidence. And if he he's going to obviously face some tough opponents. And when he loses those football games, How does he rebound? I just don't trust Trevor Lawrence. I don't know why. Maybe it's what I've seen on game tapes. And maybe last year in the playoffs, I would say he got lucky to come come back. I think it's one of the best comebacks I've ever seen ever. That was incredible. So was that luck? Was that talent? I I have to see it again this year to, to understand what do the Jacksonville Jaguars have in Trevor Lawrence? He was a number one pick. He clearly is. A great quarterback in a lot of people's eyes, but in my eyes, I'm I'm still I got a question mark on Trevor Lawrence, and that's why I like the Titans. I like the Titans because their head coach, in my opinion, is even better than Doug Peterson. But Doug Peterson's got the Super Bowl ring. So right now, hey, I understand why you like Jacksonville. They are definitely talented. Yeah, they'll need, they'll need Calvin Ridley to be the old Calvin Ridley if they're gonna go anywhere this year. That's how I see it.
0: And and you know with, with Tennessee. For me, it's I. I think that ultimately Tannehill will get the start. Uh, he's been there for a while, but I, I really can see well if if I had to. You know, a boldest prediction, quote unquote. I think I see Will Levi starting this team, you know, even week four, or week five. And that may not be because they're doing poorly. And I know that sounds weird. They could even be three and one. They could be two and two. Uh, they could be three and two. But I, I think that a lot of those times, you know, you you are right. Coaching, they do find ways to win this game. Derek Henry used to find ways to put the team on his back and win the game, regardless of Tanhill struggling. But I, I think it's uh, it's just going to be a matter of time before we see Will, I, Will Levi in. And yeah, I think that that ultimately he's going to end up taking the reins from town and be the starting quarterback uh, up until the season's end. I really do believe that.
1: You know, I know you've seen Tannehill more than probably most because he used to play with the Miami dolphins. Yeah. I agree with you that Brian Tannehill is not a fantastic quarterback, but he's been in the league for a long time. Now he's got a lot of experience and I've, I've told you this many times before, the Tennessee Titans play a team football game better than anybody else in the NFL they literally have no divas in my opinion and it's all about the team however if they do add DeAndre Hopkins to that locker room (laughs) will that be something different because DeAndre is a diva and right now Tennessee is after DeAndre and quite frankly you know what I hope he ends up in Tennessee because there's nobody right now that can play better football even Traylon Burks than DeAndre Hopkins. So oh gosh, would, no. would that change the chemistry? Maybe, but we'll have to wait and see. That's how I see Tennessee seasons, you know, going. It's team first mentality. Uh, let's maybe add a superstar out of nowhere. And I truly, truly think when it's, you know, playoff time, Tennessee will be there.
0: I think, look, that would be a great addition for this team. DeAndre Hopkins, you already know how I feel about him. So one of the best wide receivers in the game. This team is missing that firepower on offense specifically at the water receiver position go out there be bold grab the hop he, this guy should have been signed a while ago. P- people, get him ASAP because he will not be available long and you'd be kicking yourselves that you did not make a move. All right, folks, that is it for this episode of The Power Hour. I feel like this episode flew by. Uh, thank you, folks, for uh, for tuning in. Hope you are enjoying the summer. And as uh, we always say, uh, without you guys, there is no show. So thank you, thank you uh, a million times over and over again. Uh, we'll be back next week, same place, same time. Thanks for tuning in. You were listening to CJLO 60. 9 a.m. in Montreal.